Hello, welcome to the Ghost Light Social Podcast. Um, this is the audio-only version of the chats we've been having over on YouTube uh, with myself and Mr. Lee Toombs. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Michael Hunter. Hello. We've been doing this thing on YouTube, which started out as, well, let's just <laughs> throw something together and see what happens. And it's sort of grown slightly, and we've now done a few episodes. Yeah, and to some very lovely people. Absolutely. And we thought, why not release it as a podcast? So we've done that. Yeah. And this was the episode of the 55 Toilet Rolls when we spoke to Dominic Bascom from Equity and actor-comedian Marvin Dickinson. Good evening, everybody on the internet. Welcome to another edition of the Ghost Light Social. Mike, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, it's been... Um, it's, it was my wife's first day back at work because um, we've both had annual leave, fortunately, during lockdown. Um, but she's what, today? Yeah, and she's um, been working from home, which you'd think would be like a really easy day. But Jesus, that's it's been really <laughs> hard. Because today's the day my daughter went, I'm not having a nap. Nah, you can bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm knackered, but you know. So I see you've stuck with the uh, teal background. Yeah, I've gone orange and teal. I'm, I'm feeling quite Hollywood about this, so I'm quite happy with it. Uh, I saw something on Twitter today, and I've just got to share it because it proper made me laugh. At Rock Paper Cynic. This is a picture of our queen. As you'll notice, um, she's wearing green, which mm. allows you to be able to do things like this. Which... Oh, stop it. You're not oh. going to do this with the queen. This is what um, at Rock Paper Cynic did. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then everybody right. started to get involved. So there's there's the Queen with a Queen yeah. T-shirt. Um, there's yeah. God God Save the Queen. Um, there she is in a Starfleet uniform from the first couple of series of Star Trek, The Next Generation, which I thought yeah. was brilliant. Um, yeah. Cats on synthesizers in space is one of the best Instagram accounts on the planet. That right. we'll move on from. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Maiden, <laughs> the Queen in an Iron Maiden shirt made me laugh. Um, and there is just so many. There's coronavirus, somebody's cat. Keep calm and corgi on, which I think brilliant. is brilliant. Um, there, there, there's the corgi. Yeah. Baby Yoda, you've got to have a bit of Baby Yoda. Um, this is um, Quarantine Karen. I didn't like looking at the Queen looking like a crack whore. I didn't like that. <laughs> no, not comfortable with that. Well, it was sure real share day. Um, I always um, pay attention to it because, as, as you'll know, me and Lee run a show real company. So we're always quite keen to kind of promote the people we've worked with and the people who we've we've supported. And tout the business <laughs> and as tout well. The business. Like, yeah. Know, let's, yeah. yeah, let's be frank. Yeah. Right, yeah, okay. This year is the first year that I've participated in showreel share day as an actor because i'm trying to kind of relaunch that and come off sabbatical and find myself an agent as to see it from the other side to see it from an actor's side was really interesting because there was a lot of kind of little retweets there was a lot of likes there was a lot of kind of oh, i really like that blah 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 from other actors couple of nibbles from agents um and i was like oh brilliant um email conversations with a couple of them when I was acting before, Spotlight, and I've mentioned this briefly, Spotlight seemed to be a 50-50 thing. So kind of half the actors seemed to be on it and half of them really weren't. And it weren't a massive thing. It was a preference, but it weren't an oh. essential. 
Whereas I kind of feel now Spotlight feels very essential because every single agent, regardless, and there's a couple who are quite new at being agents as well. So they've not got, you know, years and years of experience and a bookload of actors and all that kind of stuff are still using that as a little bit of a gateway. Now, whether they're just saying that to be polite because my show really shite, um, <laughs> I don't know. This is the thing. I've been trying to get back onto Spotlight, but my credits are like seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, so, so I've put those down and Spotlight yeah. have queried them and they've said, can I have copies of your contracts? And I'm like, it's ten years ago. How have I still got <laughs> copies of contracts from a theatre tour I did to like five theatres regionally? If you, have, if you still have those contracts, Mike, that would be the behaviour of a killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who, anyone who holds contracts over five years old, you've got some... You need, you need some mental profiling going on. I'm going to say, though, you should keep it for seven years. Keep it for financial records seven years, though, just to be safe. Yeah. But also, you're still a killer. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so let me introduce the guests. We have uh, uh, Marvin Dickinson, comedian, actor. Um, we have Dominic Bascom, who is the Northeast Region Equity representative. Organiser, that's it. Yep. What's your thoughts on showreel share day and, and showreels and things? I I very much, that what you said resonated with me, Lee, because it just feels a bit, look at me. Yeah, that's that's what I feel. And, and that's what we should be saying as actors. We should be saying, look at me. There's something about it that, A, it's not very British, whatever that is. I don't know. That comes from somewhere in me. I don't know why that said that, but... It's not a thing to be pushy, is it? And we're all very, a lot of us are very, very proud of the work that we've done. You know what I mean? But, but there's something about it that when you see Show Real Share Day, I, I saw it the other day and my initial response was, because I've messaged you a few times, Lee, last week because I'm looking at revamping that at the moment. And my initial thoughts were, oh, I'll do it. And then my, I went, oh. It was like, <laughs> yeah, oh. There's certain parts of the profession. I'm out of drama school now. 15, 16 years, and certain parts of their life is easier, but there's certain parts that become harder. And I think pushing myself from a showreel perspective, the older I get, the more the more I go into a, oh, I shouldn't be either, I shouldn't be needing to do this, or not that I think I'm amazing, but do you know what I mean? It, it's like, I don't know, it, it's a really icky thing for me. Yeah, I, I can understand the sort of British reticence, you know, to take part in... in, in sort of showreel um, world. But obviously that's been the way for the industry and the way to get us out there. Showreels really should be the more meritocratic way of seeing everyone, isn't it? As opposed to, hey, I, I know Leo, I know Marvin, you know, I can pull in connections. Really, the showreels should be a chance to, for everyone to get out there and, and be seen fairly. But it doesn't quite work that way, does it? Ultimately, all we're trying to do as an actor is get through the door. And it's about how do you get through that door? Um, once you're through the door, then it's up to you. You're either right for the part or you're not. But the challenge for all actors is getting through the door in the first place. We've got a casting director on Wednesday. Uh, Martin Gibbons is coming in, so we'll ask him this, uh, this question. How do you whittle it down to those people from hundreds yeah. of, uh, of applications? It, I mean, it, it's a thankless task, really. One of the reasons why, because I... I imagine that there'll be certain people in the industry, be it producers or casting people, and maybe this says more about me and my background and where I've come from, that when you put forward, like, say, your showreel or something like that, you expect them to go, oh, another actor getting in touch with me. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Even though that's their job. Even though that's their fucking job. <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? That's my fear, is that, is that the vast majority of people... I, I don't expect that there's producers that I've never met will go, oh, who's this interesting chap? Martin <laughs> let's, let's give this guy a fair crack of the whip. You know what I mean? It's difficult. And maybe that's my negative self-talk that I need to think about... But then maybe we should be a little bit more uh, pushy, like the Americans, and sort of go, okay, no, 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 let me smash that circle. Let me do yeah. that. And maybe Showreel Shady is a way of doing that. A lot of casting directors are now doing these one-to-ones via the internet for free. Um, most of them using um, We Audition, uh, weaudition.com as a platform. You know, it's all about many areas of, of life, being it's up to the top to sort things out. Maybe maybe acting is one of those worlds where it needs, instead of us sitting here, like before we know it, we're going down the cynical well and the cul-de-sac of realism. It's up to the people at the top to prove to us that we can emerge and we can be in front of the right people. Because, you know, sometimes you'll watch something on the TV and you'll think, yeah, that's really blown me away. I don't think I could have done that. But I think the vast majority of the time, I think there's a lot of actors that I know could do what the regulars on the TV are doing, but they never get a chance. I do think the industry is changing from that point of view. Yeah. I think it's changing in theatre, and I think it's changing uh, on television as well. And, 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 I, and I hope that continues. What I'd like from you both at the top is um, a song for our isolation playlist. Queen Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that, something that you really just let go and just shout it out. And like it. You, you, you guarantee you get people to join along with you, I think, at some point as well. Yeah. I've got three. <laughs> you can't have three. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want. You can't stop me flying. <laughs> you know why? Do you, know you know why I've got three? I won't, we won't do it. But it's because I've been thinking about, because obviously what's going on, I've been thinking about my funeral song. Because at the <laughs> funeral, no, no one's allowed to be there, are they? So it'll be just a vicar on his own, you know, because your family can't go because we're all in lockdown. <laughs> So when I go in, to the, to, it's going to be um, status quo, rocking all over the world. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. Remember, back, remember as well, when I was a kid, Live Aid was massive when I was nine, and they opened it up. So here we are, and here we are, and here we go. I think that's a great entrance for your funeral. Um, halfway through the funeral, Urban Cookie Collective, I've got the key, because nothing that's... like a bit, bit of cheesy music from the early 90s. And right. finally, Erasure drama your shame is never ending remember that one <laughs> just going on funeral songs um <laughs> this is what this is why i've hijacked it this needs to be an hour <laughs> just everybody saying what funeral songs they want get in the chat tell us yours um oh. My mine is Ennio Maricone's The Ecstasy of Gold, which, if you don't know, is the theme to the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, oh, when, okay, yeah, when yeah, yeah. The walk in with the coffin, I want that playing. Duh, 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 all that. That's amazing. That's a great piece which of music. Thought, I thought the good, the bad, and the ugly was. Ah, yeah, so it starts off like that, but then it builds into like the massive orchestral bit. Mate, can we have the vicar dressed as Clint as well with the step? Oh, yeah, in the poncho, a little kind of roly. Yeah, we'll have that. Uh, Dominic, I'm coming to you first. Um, most, what's the most coronavirus thing you have done? The thing is, I I I cook in my house, all right, 
I do breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my family. I'm, I'm the cook in the house. So I love shopping. I love going food shopping. And, and I went to I went to Costco the other day. And damn, I just felt really depressed. The whole, you know, queuing to get in, staying far apart. You're trying to browse. But you can't, you can't browse and be too close to you either. you got to step back and, you know, browse from afar. It's... It's pretty shit, I've got to say. <laughs> so, so, it's, so it's it's interrupting your uh, your cooking routines, basically. Well, it's, it's the enjoyment of it. You know, the enjoyment of getting your ingredients, getting out there, deciding what you want to have, and then doing it. I think that's really tough. <laughs> I agree, because I like intimidating people in the supermarket. You know, sometimes people are just spending a bit too long looking at certain things. It's like, I'm going to give you five, ten seconds, Max. If you're still there for 15 seconds, I might get to here, just near you. <laughs> I might make a strange noise. I might, I might even touch it. I don't know. Because I've shaved my head. What else have I done? There's a, there's a building site at the back of our house. And I've been like an 80-year-old bloke watching for the working too close together. <laughs> what is, just wanted to shout all the time, two meters! <laughs> Do you know what, though? Two meters! <laughs> Do you know what, though? We, we, we took the dog for a walk earlier on, and um, and there's a building, they're building uh, some flats or something in the village. I, I, I don't know what it's... And we're walking along, and there's these guys... And, they, and a, a, a van had pulled up with some, I don't know, some masonry or something on it. It was something to do with building. And, um, and honestly, they must have been stood a foot apart having a little chat. And I'm, and I'm at the other side of the road walking along and I'm saying to Rachel at the top of my voice, oh, rules don't apply to them then, it seems. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to bed. I'll have a nice sleep. But I, I can't stop myself from checking out the death charts before bed. It's a really negative thing to do. And make Germany a brilliant on the death top trumps. Have you seen how good Germany are in terms of death to cases? The... Shut up, Siri. I'm talking about death. <laughs> how many toilet rolls do you have in the house, Dominic? <laughs> well, up, up until Saturday, we only had about... Um, Eight, I would say. <gasps> but, but in fairness, to clarify, as I said, I shop in Costco, so I do get bulk stuff. Uh, so that has to explain why, right? There was no panic buying, right? It's the first time I've, I've bought in like three months or something. So, <laughs> how many did you buy, Dominic? A pack. But get a pack. But the pack for them is like twelve of four, or something ridiculous. So it's a huge, but. That's how they sell 48. it. You've it got is bug. It is. It is because <laughs> that's how they sell it. Me, I think we've got got quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got about thirty-five bug rolls. <laughs> but how, how often have you been buying though? That's the question. When did he last buy them? Well, do you know what? When it was all kicking off, when the toilet roll frenzy was started about three weeks ago. I went into Morrison's late on a Sunday and I had to grab some bits and there was still plenty of toilet rolls and I thought, everyone's doing it. I'm having a bit as well. <laughs> and I went, little pack of 24, you're coming with me. Oh. <laughs> but, then, but then last week, we got another 24. So. 
Oh, someone's got all the flour. What I think, I, you can't buy flour, can you? Plain flour. Yeah. I love the money. So when the people who got all the flour start handing the flour back in, I'll start handing a few bog rolls back in. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, both ways. There's no shortage. Flour is actually there. But they've been producing it sort of for bakeries and, you know, bulk as opposed to individuals buying uh-huh. small bags. So they've not been able, apparently, to shift over to do that quickly enough. And that's why it's, it's not on the shelf. But there's no shortage. It's available. Oh, I didn't tell you my big news. The big news was, uh, day before yesterday, the oven packed up. The oven, oh. doesn't, the oven packs up, doesn't work. I've had to buy an oven. So oh. that's getting delivered on Friday. So what, you're living anyway. on? <laughs> I'm cooking things like on the hob. You know, <laughs> or slow slow cooker as well, throwing stuff in the slow oh, yeah. cooker. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. How many monologues have you listened to and watched in the last 48 hours? Monologues? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not go on social media? Everyone is doing monologues. No, mate, I've not. If I have been aware of any, I just maybe I'm just not seeing them. Why is everyone going on? Is everyone going on Facebook and Twitter and doing monologues? Oh my god, are you kidding? Everybody in their dog is doing monologues and monologue competitions and actors yeah. doing monologues. Yeah. On the same on the same week that it's been show real share day. Yeah. Act, actors just need to back off and chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, how many monologues have you watched in the last twenty four hours? Eight forty eight hours. I, I haven't, to be honest with you. Oh, that's good. Okay. That's I, cool. I've, got two, I've got two young kids that keep me busy. Um, yeah. yeah. Dominic, Dominic's been too busy counting his toilet rolls. He loves counting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How many units of alcohol have you had in the last 48 no, hours? Oh, that's, that's actually been bad, i got to say. Now, the thing is, <laughs> I, I was, I've been really good. You know, you know it's, you know it's going to be a story when I start like that, right? <laughs> The thing is, it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually pretty good. I don't actually drink that much at all. Um, but with this whole lockdown situation, you know, you're there, you've got your drinks on the shelf. I was like, well, may as well, because you can't do anything else. So I actually, I've been opening bottles. I've had a couple of bottles of rum I've had there and vodka. You know, and it's, yeah, it's it's bad. It's yeah. Bad. Give me a rough uh, estimation then, units-wise, how many? Oh, God. What's, what's a unit again? <laughs> <laughs> a unit is one shot, a normal, not a home shot. 25 milliliters. Yeah. Normal shot or a half pint or a glass of wine, small glass of wine. Yeah. I mean, it was the weekend as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> So we'll just put down a lot. I just put up some, just a fair bit. Yeah. Some, just some. Yeah. yeah. I reckon in the last twenty-four hours, so I'm on my, I'm on my second. I reckon I've probably had about two beers and about six glasses of wine. <laughs> twenty-four hours. Yeah. I mean, I start. I, I had a drink. Is it Monday today? Monday, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like five o'clock today. It's just getting stage where I'm just drinking every day now. <clears throat> Because Nick, my other half, my other half, the bottles of wine, we were just going through the bottles of wine. And then the other end, in the end, my other half just went, I've done an order. I went, what do you mean you've done an order? Tomorrow there's a, there's a 10 litre box of wine coming. A 10 litre <laughs> box of wine. Is that to last you till the weekend? Uh, hopefully. 
It's got two blokes to carry it from the band. <laughs> Somebody posted something today which made me laugh. Of um, You think we've got it bad now. Just imagine in 20 years' time when our kids are in power and they've been raised at home by day drinkers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nightmare. Yeah, nightmare. 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 It, it, it was funnier in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, mate, it was making me reflect inwards. It was yeah. one of those. It was, yeah. it was pathos comedy, pathos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what were you working on before lockdown? Did anything get cut off, or what? What? What were you up to? No, well, the things that I've got because my way of making making a few quid as well as acting is um, kids entertainment and comedy in general, basically. So just gigs have been just. All gigs have gone basically. Anything involving an audience has just gone. Yeah. So, uh, and also doing a bit of role play, you know, like we, we, you and I met doing corporate role play with an act. Uh, any med- medical role play jobs gone completely. Uh, there was, I think it was a couple of Tuesdays ago, I just got, it was like Black Tuesday in terms of the emails that I got. Just all, just email after email saying work cancelled, work cancelled, work cancelled. And then I just looked at the diary and said, there's nothing in now for two or three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I got very close to an advert just before lockdown. I got down to the last two for a really well-paid advert for Findus. And I knew it was coming, the lockdown. I thought, if I can just get this nice advert in beforehand, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it just ended up being another hard luck story, unfortunately. So, I never... <laughs> not, no, no. Not, I'm not bitter. <laughs> Uh, very small part in a BBC drama that's coming out, comedy drama that's coming soon this year, I think, called Life, uh, which was Alison Steadman is playing the main character. It's a bit like a Shirley Valentine. She gets to a certain age and realises she's been with the same guy for all these years, that the guy is played by uh, Peter Davison, you know, ex-Doctor Who. For me, working from home isn't that unusual because I did work from home a fair bit before anyway purely because I'm covered in the Northeast area. So I'm going from, you know, Leeds and York and Newcastle and Sunday, all that. And that's been great. So quite often work from home, et cetera. The difference, obviously, having the kids and my other half, you know, at home as well. That's been a whole challenge in itself. But in terms of the work, it's changed in that, you know, when the lockdown started, initially I had a large number of, members losing work um, and needing advice. Can I challenge this? What do I do contractually? Where do I stand, etc.? So that's with a huge amount dealing with that. Then you had places where you have particular agreements and, you know, set up with them and we've got to work out, well, what should be paid in such a situation? You know, is it frustration of contract? Is it force majeure? Exactly what's going on here? But then other things that I was working on as well, you know, so things like we were getting a, a updated agreement we had with the soaps going on uh, doing some more work around students and getting them you know to speak with students as well getting them into the union and understanding the profession and, and what should be happening as well those people who have lost out of work they're the ones we're trying to focus on a lot at the moment and trying to see what we can do the shows that were already up and have had to shut and shows that we're about to go into rehearsal or whatever. What what has happened in general to those from the contract point of view? As- and what we're pushing for has been at the very least 
postponement because if we can say, well, look, you are going to come back to that work and you are going to put it all in the future, then that's great. And I think that's what we really want to see now, work that's coming for members when we get on the other side of this. There has to be something that people can say, yes, you know, this is going to happen, so I can look forward to that, that going on. But of course, you've also got so many other places that, you know, weren't using equity contracts, if you like, and weren't, didn't have really good um, cancellation clauses or anything like that as well, and trying to work out for people, well, where do they stand? What could they actually do? And i got to say, for, for most people, I think they've, they've come to, to realize that it's quite difficult if the contract is not very clear, and this situation is so unusual, so unprecedented. A lot of people don't want to try to fight it either. I think, well, you know, Okay. Who do you blame, really? Yeah. You can't really say the producer just cancelled it out of malice. It, it was mm. purely a really, really unfortunate, bad situation we've all found ourselves in. You're talking about people who are just starting off, you know, and, and just trying to develop their own career and not being um, covered by the, uh, the schemes that the government has so far put out. So we continue to push on that with other unions that are in similar situations as well, um, you know, Musicians Union, for example, as well, working alongside them and back to, and that's pushing that 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 part. Of it. I think we were pleased with some of what came out um, in terms of support, but what I would say, I mean, people who are obviously members, direct them to the website, you know, equity.org.uk, and there's been a huge range of stuff we put out there. So, as you know, I think Equity is the only union that offers a tax and welfare advice helpline for members and my colleagues there have been working flat out and putting out information you know and, and being available on their phones to talk with members talk through what they can do what they can't do what you know how to phrase and things etc and that we've put on the website you know but also you've got a helpline there we try to set out a position for theaters you know sub rep agreements commercial theaters tvs film audio you know um we've set up the well we've had a benevolent fund which is supporting members and that's now going to build up a million pounds that's the push there to try to help members who are in need subscriptions you know if you're struggling to pay it there's ways we try to help you with that um linking people to other charities as well that's that's offering support i mean <laughs> a whole range of stuff we're trying to do um and you know it's 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 difficult but you know um as, as much as we can, helping members, helping performers through this is what we're trying to do. What do you think the industry is going to look like? I think in, in the first instance, I think I hope that people are able to get back to work as, as soon as possible, really. You know, um, this is a huge shock for so many people to suddenly have, you know, the work cut off like this. People who are completely unprepared for it as well um my worry is that the producing companies the smaller ones may not be able to bounce back as well as we might hope so you, you might have a smaller pool to deal with as well I, I don't think we'll go back to what we had and i think that's potentially a good thing in the sense that there's opportunity to build an, a new type of environment, into a working environment, new type of approach as well, and recognition of not just the arts, but I think of 
people who work in this field and the way that you work, because I think that's been the biggest, you know, shock for well, the government, I would say. And, you know, how many people not realize that actually actors all aren't that well paid, <laughs> you know, and performers aren't, you know, or multimillionaires. And mm-hmm. actually a number of people are self-employed and, you know, trying to get by month to month, really. Like, like across life, really, people be uh, kinder, more open. Um, this is really affecting us all in so many ways. You know, I realize how, in, how important connecting is, connections. Like I said earlier on about, you know, stand-up. You can't do stand-up really without an audience. You know, theater's nothing without an audience. So I think we all, to, all need to realize the importance of, of gathering together as, as people and creating something. I think I will I will throw in a fear. Um, I, I'm worried that, that big projects will, will, won't, won't get moving because people will be a little bit worried or there won't be the cash there. So everything might contract a little bit. And if everything contracts a little bit, there's less opportunities for everyone, be it actors, makeup artists, you know, everyone across the board. You know what I mean? But, I, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. You, you've got to always be hopeful as an actor, haven't you? You know what I mean? We, we are we're like a whinge. But I think ultimately we are we are we are optimists, yeah. and and we'll keep trying to create. And yeah. and I think and I think you know on the back of such a depressing time, hopefully we'll realise how much we need creativity and entertainment and, and and just to get out there and see things and to share things, and hopefully be it theatre, short film, film, big sprawling budget, high budget films will. Well, I'll be part of that, but I think it might also all turn to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Performers are panto specialists, and panto is their huge thing for the year. You know, panto dames, yeah, panto comedians. You know, you've got people like you know big hitters like Billy Pierce with Kudos up at Bradford. There, I don't know how much he gets paid, but it, you know they'll build a statue of him one day outside that theatre. And he, you know, there's. Like I say, there's people who panto is huge for them. Commercial panto is the thing, and it means that the rest of the year they can breathe. Yeah. I mean, I know. Oh, which... I, yeah, I know Sorry, myself. I just... I've, I've done a bit of commercial panto the last few years on the back of the kids' telly stuff that I've done, and it is well paid, even for me, who's a bit who's an unknown really. But those guys who've got a name, well, it's just yeah. ridiculous, really. And I, and I think I do think that will be fine if they allow that many people <clears throat> to a room together. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the theatres, you know, as Dominic was just saying, the theatres, that they, they survive on that. That is, yeah. that is their yeah. yearly income. It is. But it's all about risk, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like you said earlier on at the moment, Dominic, at the moment there's not really any bad guys because no one's, no one's creating this. No one's creating this situation where actors aren't getting paid and the production yeah. companies aren't getting their money. There's no bad guys. But if you start to get a bit of a risky time around Christmas where they go, right, okay, we'll try and do it now, they might try and build things into contracts where they go, well, if it does all go wrong, it's on you. I don't, you know, I don't know how it works, but, but people yeah. might start to become more cynical in how they make proposals, I mean. Possibly, but I guess that's where the union comes in as well. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think we have, you know, even though we've already seen that to an extent where some, you know, theatres trying to change the approach, um, that you know of the agreement you already have and trying to 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 change the terms of that so yes i think that is likely and certainly you know we're going to see changes to contracts and what kind of clauses are going to be including on cancellations and liabilities as well that will definitely happen 
you'll see that much more, I think. And what we have to do is to ensure that, you know, the individual members, those who put their work out there, are protecting themselves properly as much as possible as well. So, wonderful voice teacher called Jackie Crago, uh, I had a session with her the, the, on day two of drama school, and she said to me, right, first things first, Marvin, what are we going to do about your accent? <laughs> I said, what? She said, well, you know, you've got a very northern accent. Are you going to keep your accent or are you going to change your accent to become what? I mean, I didn't know what RP was at that stage, but what she was saying to me was, are you going to start? Do you want to sound like a bit more like the Queen? Do you want to sound like a proper actor or do you a want proper, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. proper actor. I've listened to many interviews with people working in the West End on big hitter plays or in certain films or certain types of, of drama. And I often think, I wonder if I'd have changed the way I spoke. Things would have been rather different. I don't okay. know. Okay, so that's brilliant. So that leads me on to the last question for both of you, which is, what one piece of advice would you give? Play to type. Play to type. Embrace your strengths and just maximise them. We can, all, we can all have a go at, at trying, but not many actors are going to get asked to play things that aren't out of their, you know. Ben, King, ben Kingsley played Gandhi and the bad guy in Sexy Beast. Because he's Ben Kingsley, Marvin isn't going to get asked to play Gandhi. If I did, it'd be a bit of a weird choice. And, <laughs> but I think, yeah. I think find your strong point and just go for it. Have the other things in your locker, but really focus on what it is that makes you brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Very inspiring, actually. Thank you. Very inspiring. <laughs> Dominic? <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've got to say, join the union, obviously, because, you know, you're going into a profession that is very much about the individual, but it's about recognizing that actually you're not alone. And you can, one, obviously, you know, build upon so much experience of others through networking, through understanding, through meeting people, etc. But also, you've got. At, you know, a union behind you with 50, nearly 50,000 members at this point, a union that will support you. you know, so you're alone as a performer, but you're not alone as a union member. I think that's the key thing for, for many people and, and what I try to see when I go see them as well. I'd absolutely advocate and back that up. Yeah, become part of the union. Be bigger, you know, in that sense, you can become bigger than what you are. Absolutely. Thank you to our two guests. Wonderful again. Um, thank you to Dominic Bascom um, from Equity. And thank you to actor, comedian, uh, Marvin Dickinson. Go We've got um, casting director, uh, Martin Gibbons. Yes. And we've got Tina Harris, who's an actor. Actor Tina, Tina Harris. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Really looking forward to speaking and catching up with Martin. Um, find out what, what a casting director is actually doing at this yeah. point. Well, Ma Martin cast me in my last job, actually. So okay. The nice fella. Um, and well, um, what what was that? It's the the British Heart Foundation advert that's on at the uh, moment. Oh, I've seen yeah. that. Oh, yes, yeah, of course it is. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've got we've got Martin we've got Martin Gibbons from Martin Gibbons Casting. We've got um, actor Tina Harris coming on on Wednesday. Um, and when we'll do all this again, Mike will be here. I will be here. We have got a competition coming up on Wednesday. So if you're interested. Ooh. Um, in that, please hang on a minute. What? Hang on a minute. This is not a bloody monologue competition, is it, Mike? 
No, but details will will give you the details on Wednesday. Um, it's it, it's a good prize worth up to three hundred and fifty pounds. We'll see you next Wednesday. Coming, the tell one your, coming tell up. Your yeah, tell your friends. Tell your mum. Um, tell your mum. <laughs> tell your mum. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's something Mike has. We 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 don't talk. He always mentions mums, and we don't. Well, I think it's just. A I'm, thing. I'm the mum's favourite. Um, your dad. Forget the dad. Tell your mums. Tell yeah. your mums. Word to your mums. Yeah. Anyway, um, Wednesday, eighth of April, eight pm, live on YouTube. Check our social media um, for the links at Mike Makes Films, at Lee Toombs, at Totally Reels. Adios from the bunker. Wash your hands. <laughs>